0: If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Podfellas. Our channel slash podcast provides film and TV reviews from two guys that make, watch, and love movies. I'm Myron, and joining me each week is Will. What up, everybody? And today we'll be discussing the film The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron. And we will be going through part nine of our 10 over 10 series with a look back at the film The Matrix. But first things first, let's get started, as always, with a rundown on the latest in entertainment news. So I'm calling this first little story we're reporting on Jackass, because we're talking about Hugh Jackman's ass. <laughs> I was going to call it Hugh-ass, Hugh ass Hugh Hugh-ass. <laughs> But yeah, I I figured this is less of a stretch. Fox's catalog of movies has been hitting Disney Plus slowly but surely, and they just released uh, some of the X-Men movies. Hugh Jackman has a nude scene in X-Men Days of Future Past. Yes, he does. And uh, yep, they did not censor his butt. But apparently they censored Daryl Hannah's butt in the movie Splash when that hit Disney Plus. So now there are some questions that are coming up regarding censorship. Disney handles some of their more provocative content.
0: I guess the debate is also like, wait, was it, is it sexist? The fact that they're showing a male butt, but not yeah. a female's butt. Yeah. Yeah. I, growing up, I didn't know how much Disney and, uh, owned and produced before acquiring like other companies that we know today. You know, I mean, when you think of Disney, you just think, oh, you know, happy go lucky. The mouse. Yeah. The, the mouse, you know, ha- happiest place on earth. But no, it's just, it's so much, so much more than that now. And it's just yeah. crazy. So
1: they own everything. I think there's a simple fix for this. Uh, it's obvious at this point that Disney owns a lot more than just cartoons and, and mm-hmm. Pixar movies. I mean, if they're going to put X-Men movies on Disney+, Plus, they should consider posting all of the Fox films without censorship. I mean, honestly, yeah, I want to see Pretty Woman, which was made by Touchstone Films. That movie about uh, the prostitute Cinderella, I want to see that. I want to see Armageddon, which Disney made. I want to see Deadpool, right? Show us everything that you own. And there's a simple solution to this. Just put a child lock on the the app, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think they could literally rule every single streaming application if they just brought their entire catalog and let us watch it and then just made sure that our kids can't see the things that we don't want them to see. Also, wanted to bring this up. Movie productions are starting up again, or sort of. So apparently Jurassic world the part three of that series has Mm. uh, gone back into production and there are rumors that it was immediately shut down because someone on the crew got covid which of course the studio is completely denied
0: dude honestly i have not been impressed with previous sets of jurassic films it's cool. tough.
1: I'm all for production starting up again but yeah. since you know Gavin Newsom just issued the order in here in California apparently we're shutting down again and I don't yeah. know what that really means for movie productions I'm assuming they all have to shut down as well mm-hmm. all I know is that things don't start back up again soon we're gonna run out of content like literally mm-hmm. everything we shot is coming out now and it's good content but at some point I feel like the well is gonna run dry and then all we are going to have left is reruns, and I might have to join my wife during her daily marathons of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> but hopefully, it doesn't resort doesn't what? come to that. Not the Kardashians. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, she's she's on the the housewife binge. It ah. has to be Beverly Hills, though. Has to oh be Beverly Hills. My gosh! All right, next thing I want to bring to light here is the is an idea someone had about a Kill Bill Volume Three. Hell so yes. here's the story. So Vivica A. Fox, who played Vernita Green in Kill Bill Volume One. Uh, she pitched the idea that her daughter in the film, and we see her in Kill Killable Vol- uh, Volume 1, she watches as her mom gets killed. Dude. So she had this idea of Zendaya playing her daughter, yes. now going out for revenge. Yep. Now, obviously, Vivica Fox is not Quentin Tarantino. He is going to be the one that is going to write the story and direct it. But do you like this pitch? Like the fact that Tarantino already actually had a potential movie idea
0: in play for Nikki back in 2004 may lead yeah. him to going out with a bang or what could be his final film, which, you know, every time he kept saying, well, you know, director should only do six films or seven, whatever his number it was previously. Now it's like, this is your 10th film. I think you can definitely do this successfully and, and on a high after that, then just freaking say what you're going to do and retire, you know.
1: Do directors ever really retire? I mean, Miyazaki said he retired, but apparently he's working on stuff. Soderbergh said he retired and he's still directing. I feel like at some point directors just get bored. Maybe it's a, they maybe have it's a passion loose... to make movies.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a loose term. Maybe it's more like they are going to retire in some form, but not in like the entire form of of filmmaking, I guess, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, someone else can direct this, but I'm just going to
1: write it kind of thing. The next thing I want to discuss is a question more than anything else. Will movie theaters ever be the same again? Mm. So with all the shutdowns happening one more time, like we talked about, um, I mean, Tenet was supposed to come out in mid-August. It was delayed for mid-July. It will inevitably be delayed again. You know, are things going to be the same?
0: We have already talked about, like, for a handful of years that movie theaters will start to slim down due to all the streaming available. Movie theaters have turned into a niche be- where before it was like a weekend activity. It was a thing to do with friends and family, you know, as as just a, as a getaway for the weekend. Like now with how cheap televisions that are over 75 inches are and, and surrounds those systems, uh, people are creating their, their home theaters and inviting friends over. You know, it's it's a diff- whole different ballgame. That's now. what like, I'm doing. Yeah, I know yeah. you have that. And it's freaking amazing.
1: I don't think it'll ever be the same again. Even before COVID, studios were already gun-shy about making any movie that wasn't tied to pre-existing uh, intellectual property. But I think that fear of making something new is going to be far worse now. I think that eventually theaters will be the place to watch major tentpole films, and they'll be releasing a lot less. For example, uh, Disney will probably release like a Pixar movie, an animated film, maybe one live action, and then their Marvel Marvel movies. I think the rest of the content will be coming to all the multiple streaming platforms available to us and there are a lot in terms of new titles available for streaming there aren't a lot of new items coming out this friday so instead in honor of hugh jackman's ass i thought we (laughs) should tell you about some non-disney slash non-marvel movies available to stream on disney plus now that we recommend first film i want you all to see is 10 things i hate about you now this is uh, the film where heath ledger really made his mark in uh, American film, and this is kind of a springboard into the Patriot and eventually to Brokeback Mountain as well as um, playing the Joker. Well, but Arthur, so King My, Arthur, was that before oh, yeah, yeah, The Knight's Tale, The Knight's, the Knight's Tale. Tale, totally. Yeah, that was after Ten Things I Hated About It. was you. after, okay. And, yeah, and I think after The Patriot as well. But watching a young Keith Ledger and a young Joe gordon Levin in this reimagining of the Taming of the Shrew was really, really fun. My favorite scene is when Heath dances and lip syncs to Can't Keep My Eyes Off of You for Julia Stiles in a football stadium. Yeah. Great scene. I feel like this is where he became a movie star. Also available is Avatar, a 20th Century Fox title. This movie is not in 4K and not an original story. We've seen similar stories to this before, but it's still one hell of a good ride. And also Hamilton, the best damn stage play slash musical that I've ever seen. All right. Look at future episodes here. Next week, we will be reviewing the film Palm Springs. And we will also be discussing our top five time loop movies of all time. This will be our first top five video on YouTube, so really excited to put that out there. And then we will also be reviewing uh, Schindler's List as a part of our final film in <laughs> 10 our over 10, ten number ten series.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to be so depressing. My gosh, why would, oh, no, to, no, no. why would you have to put that
1: at the end, man?
0: I mean, it's a beautiful. <laughs> like, like, like we
1: said. It doesn't go fit well with any movie. I know. If anything, we sh- you should probably put it with Greyhound.
0: But. Yeah, probably. But still, like, yeah. I, I mean, I still say that this is one of my top favorite films ever. To if I was stuck on an island, I would watch this over and over again. And I'm, and that's not because I'm a very depressing man. But yeah, no, it's just a beautiful film. So yeah.
1: Uh, okay. All right. And the week after, we will be reviewing the film The King of Staten Island, starring. Pete Davidson, and we will also be talking about our top five Apatow movies of all time. Is it Apatow or Apatow? Apatow, I think. Potato or potato? Potato. Apatow. Semantics. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Mm. And lastly, we will be celebrating the 10th anniversary of the film Inception, in which we will be reviewing the film and also ranking our top five Christopher Nolan films of all time. Nice. That's going to be really, really hard for me. (laughs) Any thoughts, comments, suggestions, or reviews of content, drop us a line at the Podcast at gmail.com. And please, tell your friends about us. Our podcast can be found on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and now YouTube. So please check us out check there. Check us out. And now on to our review of The Old Guard, starring Shirley Theron. Starrin.
2: I have the new one. And? She stabbed me, so I think she has potential. <laughs> so how old are you?
0: We met in the Crusades.
2: The Crusades?
0: We killed each other. Many times. We fought thousands of battles side-by-side. Side. So we really never die.
2: Nothing that lives lives forever. One day your wounds just don't heal
1: up anymore. We don't know when. There's a lot to understand. <clears throat> just because we keep living doesn't mean we stop hurting. <laughs> You've seen my research. Now you know they're for real.
2: I need all of them, Copley. Oh. These individuals are extremely resistant to capture. We stop Merrick here and now, or he never stops coming after us.
1: Everyone's still with me? Yeah. You. Jill?
2: I'm very pissed off.
1: Then let's go to work.
0: I can't do this. I got people that love me.
2: Everyone around you is gonna grow
1: old, it's gonna die. You will lose everyone that you've ever loved
0: you're one of us now we walk out of here like always together
1: all right now on to our review of the old guard starring Charlize theron and directed by gina prince blythewood here's what the movie's about a covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret just as an unexpected new member is discovered now, Will, we both watched this right around the same time. I wanted to go right into it and ask you what you liked about the film.
0: Uh, it's a story we've heard before, but the portrayal is different this time. I think the characters are regular people with no special abilities other than what seems to be immortality. They learn to survive and fight and become the best they can be with what challenges they are presented before them. Although we see the transition of these characters from survivors to warriors and then to mercenaries, I really liked how the writers described as, as though they don't see themselves as heroes or protectors. They are like innately moral people who seek to help those in need and fight against those who deem to be unjust. All the while living with the difficult memories, continue to haunt them every day because they've lived for so long. Um,
1: Yeah, Uh, there's a line in the film, which I really like, where uh, the new member says, are you good guys or bad guys? And then uh, one of them says, depends on what century. It's like this idea of you're fighting for what you think is good, but then only time will tell how, you know, what history says about, like, you know, any given person. And a
0: simple line like that speaks so much volume. I really, really like that line a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It didn't bother me so much where with their no being explanation to their immortality and, and just how it was left up to interpretation with like subtle hints uh, in the film along the way, like one of the scenes towards the end that actually helped with overlooking those details, I really liked when the mem uh, the me- the mercenaries saw Copley, uh, played by uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor's evidence chart where he connected yeah. Andy, played by Charlize Theron, uh, and his team's history with events throughout the ages throughout the film. The, the mercenaries, I discussed how they didn't have all the answers and and like the whole why and for what purpose uh, they were blessed with immortality. But it was here at that end of the scene where, where Niall, played by Kiki Lane, says, maybe this is the why, Andy, and leaving room for, for the gift of being an act of God, which I thought was
1: pretty cool. I thought that they really um, did a good job showing the price you pay for being immortal, it definitely yep. made you not want to be one of these guys because no. yeah. yeah, they feel it's, all the pain of their injuries. Yeah. They, they have the pain of seeing their loved ones pass away. It's like, I don't want to be, be these guys
0: literally overall this film just had an awesome different portrayal of immortality mm-hmm. um it just it just had great action and solid cast actually and, and, and good chemistry among everyone i mean yeah what about you what did you like about this
1: charlie Theron is badass like she is the most Agreed. versatile actress in hollywood right now i mean just talking through her last few movie roles she played a super spy in atomic blonde she was Imperator furiosa in mad max she played the secretary of state in longshot she played a housewife suffering from postpartum depression in Tully and a computer hacker in Furious Eight. No one can go back and forth between roles like she does. And she does so, so convincingly. It's amazing. And she really owns the camera, owns the film with her presence. She's an amazing, phenomenal actress. She is. Um, the plot, though predictable, is navigated really well by Gina Prince-Blythewood, who directed two really underrated movies in the past. The first one was Love and Basketball, and the second one was Beyond the Lights. I really I've loved both of those films. Yeah, yeah. well, you got to check them out. And you know, they're not like action movies. They're more character-driven movies. Okay. Um, she really brings the humanity and the tension out of every scene in this movie. And in doing so, she makes the movie feel like an immersive, satisfying journey. There are multiple character arcs in this film, and they all feel real properly motivated and satisfying the other thing that i really like and we talked a little bit about this is that i love that the main characters are invincible period meaning they aren't invincible with adamantium claws they're no. not invincible with super speed or super strength every time they get stabbed or shot they feel the pain and it hurts and if they fall from the top floor of a building they're going to feel that too <laughs> and then and we're going to see that in this film um at the same time, you start to really understand what kind of a curse it must be to live forever. So there's a line that, in my opinion, represents this movie, and it's this: "Just because we keep living doesn't mean we stop hurting." No, it's not like Wolverine where you get shot and you just like, yeah. and just, you just yeah. crack your neck and wait for the bullet to pop out of your skull. Yeah, yeah it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> getting shot uh. hurts. Yeah, so what didn't you like in this movie? As much as I
0: love the action sequences, like it was just some of the action sequences didn't connect as well. And I was able to catch the fake choreography in a sense.
1: Did you ever see like, uh, like let's say Charlize is taking out a room full of bad guys. Did you ever see like one of them waiting to get hit? Is that kind of what you're yes. talking about?
0: So it would be like, yeah, there the, those are the beats. So it'd be like she, she kills one person. She looks behind, but then like you see the other actor or stunt guy kind of waiting for her to, to hit him. You know, mm-hmm. and so th- those are the things that kind of got me out a little bit like, ah, you know, they should have gone a close up. I don't know why this is a wide, you know, like other than that, like <laughs> it was so funny to see the main antagonist. The fact that it was Harry Melling who played Dudley in yes. Harry Potter was distracting. It was distracting. <laughs> it was as though Dudley grew up, got skinny and became a scientist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I honestly could not get the image of him and Harry Potter out of my mind. And it kind of took me out of the movie. There's another scene which kind of took me out as well when Andy, played by Charlie Theron, she goes to a drugstore and she needs help. And one of the employees offers her assistance just because it's what she thought she should do. And uh-huh. that employee says something that leaves a lasting mark on Andy in the rest of the film. But this person, this drugstore worker, was not really set up properly, in my opinion. And we don't see her again. And she has like this little dialogue scene with with Charlie Stern that I don't even think really needed to be there. So that was one scene. Um a couple of other things here is, first off, I think Chiwetel Ejiofor is an amazing actor and a national treasure to movies because he is good in everything he's in. Yeah. But I thought he was a little bit underutilized here. He had a couple of moments and he had an interesting backstory, but it would be would have been good to see more of him in this film. Um, lastly, there was a plot turn, I would say, between the Act 2 and Act 3 break that, felt, uh, that I thought was a little bit predictable. I'm not going to go into it. I won't reveal it. Uh, so, those are the things that I did not like. And I think it's about time to go ahead and just offer our final reviews of the film. Will, what's your final score of this movie?
0: I give this film a 3.5 out of 5 stars, even though this is a premise we've heard many times before. It's a great, different portrayal of immortality. The acting is great, the action is great, albeit some of the editing issues I had. Um, it's something definitely worth watching uh, if you enjoy adaptations of graphic novels. So, 3.5. Oh
1: So I give it three and a half stars as well. We keep agreeing. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with you. But maybe we've been working on this podcast together for too long. But uh, I honestly would have given it a four. But there were just those handful of minor things that kept me from rating it any higher. It was close, though. It was close. Hmm. I was looking back to last week's review of Greyhound. And I actually felt that I overrated that movie to say that the old guard and Uh, Greyhound uh, both deserve to be three and a half stars I don't think that's true so if I had to go back uh, I would actually drop my review of Greyhound from three and a half stars to three stars this is the first time I've ever gone back and and re-rated a film but uh, that's kind of (laughs) where I stand because I have to differentiate this movie from Greyhound this movie was really good That was our review of the film, The Old Guard. It's available for streaming now on Netflix, playing on all major couches and televisions across America. For our YouTube viewers, we'll be back with a look at the film, The Matrix. And for our podcast listeners, we will take a short break. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.
0: I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. choice
1: I leave to you. Alright, thanks for joining us today as we take a look back at the film The Matrix, and we have a special guest host with us today, content creator, filmmaker, and fellow YouTuber whoop, whoop, Sydney Diangzin. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks yeah. for having me, guys. I'm
2: excited to be here. <laughs> yeah,
1: you so are. I heard you and Will go <laughs> way back. Oh, gosh,
2: like over, it's like 10 years now? I think it's Man, about 10, 10 years. 10 or
0: 11 years, 2008, 2009, one of those sweet
2: yeah, spots. I think what was cool is like it was... It was rare to find, not just good friends, but good friends that loved movies. And so I remember meeting Will and he just loved movies. Uh, And he also went to film school. I was like, oh, sweet. I'm gonna get on with this guy like really well. And so where did you go to to film school, Will? Was it? Long Beach. Long Beach, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, and I went to Chapman Chapman and just, uh, yeah, we connected real fast.
1: Well, once again, thanks for coming on. I'm actually a big fan. I've been subscribing to your channel for quite a while, watching all the latest news. Oh right, EV1 as well. sending your oh, recommendation. <laughs> love it.
2: It's, it's like uh, such a good camera. Oh. Yeah.
1: I, I'm actually shooting with it right now. It's my webcam. Just a fly oh, nice. for i okay. All right, we're going to dive right into The Matrix and the first thing I want to talk about is honest reactions. This is a segment where I reveal interesting facts about the movie we are reviewing and then I want you guys to let me know your honest reactions a few things first off the matrix won four academy awards i believe it won every award it was nominated for all the technical categories best visual effects best sound mixing best film editing as well as best sound editing yeah my first question for you guys has to do with bullet time Um, it was an effect conceived and created specifically for the matrix it's that shot of the camera swirling around Neo as he is performing a gravity-defying backbend. I wanted to get your guys' first reactions when you had seen this.
2: I remember not only just being blown away by like the effect that we just saw, but I, I think as a storytelling tool, you were able, to, as an audience, to kind of see through uh, Neo's perspective that he was actually moving fast. Like, we don't actually see him move fast. To him, it was in slow motion. He was trying to dodge the bullets. But to Trinity, like, we don't see her perspective. Okay. But, you know, she, she said, like, oh, how did you move that fast? How do you move like them? It was such a cool way uh, just to see, like, Neo evolve, like, right before our very eyes, you know? Like, even, like, movies that would come out afterwards, kind of copying the bullet time effect, it didn't really have any weight. Bearing yeah. into the, to those movies just because they just did it for the sake of it, you know what I mean? You know, i.e. Transformers or whatever. But the fact that they were the first ones to actually do it, but not just, you know, have that, but actually use it as a proper storytelling tool, like, it just blew my mind. I remember
0: being super inspired, like, and, and just watching, it. I thought, how the frick can they accomplish this? Because I, I want to replicate it. And when I found out that they actually use 120 digital cameras, I just, I thought, yeah, that's too much for me. And like people like, uh, who's it? Freddie W. Uh, those guys who were into all that After Effects and all those like effects. Man, I, I don't know. It inspired me, and, and really helped like kind of guide me towards more wanting to go into film.
1: I was blown away by it. That shot of Neo dodging bullets was actually used in the trailer and the commercials. Yes. And it was funny. The marketing campaign behind this movie, I think, was genius because they gave nothing away except a few cool shots, one of which was Neo doing that gravity-defying backbend. And then you hear Morpheus come in in the commercial. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. And it's like he's talking to us, saying, go watch this in the theater. And that's really all they showed, really. And then I think that's what made the movie-going experience such an amazing thing because we knew nothing going into this film of what it was really about. Um, Speaking about one of the other action scenes... Neil and Trinity's three-minute lobby shootout took 10 days to shoot. No CGI was used. All the explosions and gunfire were practical effects. I wanted to ask you guys, does this rank as one of the best shootouts in movie history? Hell yes. Oh,
2: by far. By far, because like, it was like not only cool, because, you know, we like to see action and guns and all that stuff, but like, the fact that it was all practical effects, just traditional stunt work, and just really cool music in the background. Like, you had a good time watching that scene, you know?
0: I love practical effects, where where the actors can actually react to something and I think that it just made it more believable and authentic with all the damage that you see in the lobby, like everything being destroyed. It was the most epic and breathtaking scene I've ever seen in my entire life, so yes.
2: And uh, what I really liked was just like the the direction of it and and the acting, like Mm -hmm. even to this day, like you don't really see... Um, the, the action stars, you know, perform like Trinity and, and Neo did, like they were, they just did it very seamlessly. Like they, they weren't out of breath. They were very... I don't know, they were in the Matrix, they were in character, but you just don't really see that, where you know, everyone else like, ah, where is it? Where is it? Oh, it's time to blow, let's get out of here! You know what I mean? Like,
1: kind of over the top. So it was like, just a really cool action scene. I remember when I first saw uh, this scene, I was blown away. I think there was like like whoops and hollers in the theater. And they had recently just released this film, uh, the 4K version, with Adobe Outmost soundtrack. So anytime anyone would come over, I would say, hey guys, you have to listen to this scene. <laughs> and like, you would literally hear like the tiles falling off the pillars all around you and just the attention to detail with the sound design that they put in was incredible Mm -hmm. and i also love the fact that when you see them literally mow through with like 50 60 people in the scene that you don't feel any guilt whatsoever because the body count is zero because they didn't really kill anybody they were just knocked out of the matrix so i love that that they kind of put that in there and it was like a guilt-free massacre that you just saw (laughs) which i thought worked really really well that is the perfect way to describe it. <laughs> now, I think this has been pretty well publicized here uh, that Will Smith was offered the role of Neo before um, Keanu Reeves was. Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Nicolas Cage were also considered. Now, I want to ask you guys: Was Neo a plug-and-play role where any of these actors could have just portrayed him, or was Keanu Reeves the perfect fit?
2: I don't know. If, it, if I picture Will Smith be Neo, you know, I just I have to picture him saying the line, "I got to get me one of these." Or like vice versa, like there's no. Um, other actor that could portray Captain Hiller in Independence Day, you know, Will Smith's character. It's like, you just can't. And so Mm. it's kind of hard to say after seeing the movie, but, um, especially with Nick Cage being a candidate, I definitely didn't see that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I don't know if I could picture any other actor.
0: I I think honestly Tom Cruise could have also played this role. Really? But only because like, I mean, he could, to me, I think he could have brought a bit more depth and is amazing with fight choreography. I think like he could have brought more emotion to to the character of Neo, like, but this is like based on how well Cruz did in films such as Minority Report and Edge of Tomorrow. Like when I think of sci-fi films as well.
1: Well, for me, I think it would have been intriguing the idea of Nicolas Cage waking oh, up, gosh, no. seeing that the reality is, is what it is and seeing him lose <laughs> his shit could be pretty amazing. I, I think that would, would have been awesome to see wanted to go straight into our main reviews of the film. I wanted to ask you guys, like, where were you when you first saw this film, and what was your reaction to it, and does it still hold up now?
2: Yeah, I remember not expecting a lot, just, you know, waiting to have a good time, kind of like watching a bad boy's film or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just remember being just blown away. Wow, 99, that's crazy. Yeah, I 1999. I think it still holds up today, like, honestly. Such a good story.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I was, I think, yeah, I was a freshman in high school, and... I I know I watched it in theaters. I can't remember like I uh, just who I watched it with, but I I was like watching the film. I thought I was half confused and half amazed. I think during the time, I, all I thought was how cool the action sequences and how cool so many of the shots were. But when it came to the story, I was just like, um, what am I? What? Like what's going on? <laughs> Did uh, it make you it, question
2: your existence after the movie? Okay, you
0: watched it? so well, when you when you say that, is the fa- it's the fact that it became like the main. Question of philosophy of life and like, what if we were? What if the world we live in wasn't real? And it was becoming like a trend. For like example, of like church leaders and friends, it's like, what if we're not really here, guys? It's like, okay, what are we hippies now? Like, what's going on? Like, it's just, it was just become a huge trend. But yeah, I mean, it took me a couple more views in the theaters to get a better grasp of the concept of the story, and and eventually, it did blow my mind, and it really took sci-fi to the next level.
1: I mean, for me I first saw this when I was a freshman at, at UCLA, which dates me. Oh, I feel like the, the old man of the group. <laughs> the elder state's been here. Freshman in
0: high school, <laughs> freshman in college. Yeah.
1: Wow. But uh, yeah, I saw it at the Foxman in Westwood on opening weekend and just like Theater. you said, I was expecting like just a action movie. I wasn't expecting the deep philosophical questions that mm-hmm. the movie presented. Um, Definitely one of the best movie-going experiences that I've ever had. It was the first DVD I ever spent my own money on. Um, To me, the movie was essentially a repackaged Star Wars where Neo is Luke, and learning to to control the Matrix is like Luke learning the Force. Morpheus is Obi-Wan. It's a little bit like Star Wars meets meets Terminator, but honestly, I felt like the movie was so much more than that uh, because this movie dealt with themes that are so much more relevant for a modern era. Even today, I think the idea of being anesthetized by a digital world Uh, Meant to keep us in line is something that ironically hits a little too close to home, especially Mm. now that we're all in quarantine and we all have our faces (laughs) on our phones and on our computer screens a little bit more than maybe we should. But yeah, the whole idea of, you know, if we had the choice of being in a digital world rather than seeing the truth of what life is, like, what would you choose? That's still something that resonates today because you hear people ask the question all the time blue pill or red pill and it's like you know it's it's it created that before this movie that didn't exist all right guys favorite moments from the movie
0: what freaked me out but was like whoa it was really crazy is when neo wakes up in the pod and sees the real world like what for what it is and how freaking jacked up we made it um of course like the fight scene from uh, between neo and morpheus where you know he's learning and training and he knows kung fu (laughs) I don't know why but when, when when cypher meets with agent smith at the restaurant and mm. he was eating the steak, the steak yeah and i don't know if it was the sound effects whatever but i was like they they made that steak look so freaking <laughs> good like i don't know <laughs> absolutely yeah
2: i love the um, the i guess it's the not the armory room but it's like the blank room that blank space that, oh that the construct they, yes the construct like yeah and, and the fact that you can like Learn a skill like kung-fu by just uploading it from a from a disc or a drive like yeah. that was that was really cool Like I've never seen that and I think when we first saw that um, Scene uh, there was like this really cool blocking with the camera where Morpheus is holding um, The remote or something like that then it would turn around and be the TV and then a battery or something I don't know it was it seemed seamless and I'm like this is nuts like what if this was real, you know,
1: that mm. that. That scene definitely stood out to me. The entire action set piece, leading from the lobby shootout to Morpheus's rescue to the helicopter flight over the city where that entire building bends, that's all one gigantic scene. People forget that that you know the the shootout wasn't just by itself, but it was just the beginning piece to this larger set piece, and dude, it, it was insane. And just the end. That high note when Neo literally flies out of the freaking screen and everyone is like walking out of the theater just so like pumped up um, because they just had the most amazing movie going experience in their life. I remember just smiling from ear to ear when I came out of the theater. (laughs) Wanted to ask you guys, let's pick out any moments of the movie, if any, that are weak or maybe you didn't like.
2: Yeah, there was a, a totally unnecessary character but uh, she died when Cypher unplugged her in the real world. Like I know that like, her character was meant to die to show us like, oh wow, you, if you die in the matrix or if you get unplugged, then you die or something like that. So, but it was just a, I don't know, just a, a waste of a character, I
1: guess. So is it like almost like she was set up as a plot device to it let us know It was a complete plot device. Are. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
2: And you know, I kind of feel bad, but you know, I don't know, if I were an actor hired to do that one role, I'll take it. I yeah.
0: think <laughs> Keanu is a better physical actor than a vocal actor. And I I don't mind that, like, given his reputation as an actor. I just, I I don't know. I really wish, though, there was just a little bit more depth to his character. But I know this is an action film and and a total sci-fi, crazy tech, you know, um, phenomenon. So
2: I don't mind it. I have, well, I kind of have a little theory about that. I think because his life was so monotonous, it almost seemed like he was robotic in a way. Like he was part of the program, if you will. So, maybe, like, that was the direction. And the way um, he talks, to,
1: And the way he, yeah, the way he talks, to. <laughs> All right, guys. Fact or fiction. So, based on the ESPN segment, I will present some bold statements about the movie. And it's up to you guys to say whether it is fact or fiction and then say why. <clears throat> All right, guys. First one. Fact or fiction. The Matrix should have been a standalone film. Fiction. Fact. Ooh.
0: Because, I mean, there's a a lot to explain, okay? I mean, I I think that it was a wise decision to, you know, expand on it, but, you know, obviously, like, you have to, you know, it's really hard to make a good successful, you know, trilogy or sequel and whatnot. I, I, I thought the sequel was still good, though, too. Um, It was just the third one that I was just like, what the heck? What what just happened? (laughs) (laughs) How how did this become amazing to like still holding on to shambles? I don't know. So, I mean, (laughs) but yeah, I I think that it it, it just had so much potential. As you said, like said, it's a huge world, you know, it's such a huge world. So,
2: yeah. I don't know. It almost felt like uh, Matrix 2 and 3 were just one big movie. And it's almost like a... um... Like an offshoot from the actual main story, like kind of how like Star Wars did a uh, Rogue One, it almost felt like it was part of the universe, but uh. it's, it's its own separate kind of thing. And so, yeah, it didn't really flow. Like when I saw the second Matrix, I was like, "That was cool." Why do I feel so disconnected? You know what I mean? Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah, I say fiction. Um, I but it, I feel like it deserves better sequels than what we got. Uh, like like you said, well, I liked Reloaded um and i was just very confused and conflicted about yeah. revolutions but this leads to my second factor fiction question the new matrix film which they've been shooting and it was shut down because of covid it has the potential to live up to the original factor fiction hard fiction. to say i know we don't know anything about it th- but
0: nothing we can't go off of anything and and uh, like the Wachowski brothers now, it's like a Wachowski sisters' new sisters, film now. Yeah. So
2: well, I think it's, it's just one of them directing the film, right? Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, is yeah, it just one of them? Yeah, both of them are doing oh. it. It's just one. I think. Yeah, one dropped one of them out. Do one drop out, or they just decided just not to do it in the I, beginning? I don't
0: know. I'll, okay. I th- yeah, I think one of them just decided to do it. Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that's so what a do lot. You guys I don't think. Know. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot for one of the sisters to 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 say and think that it's gonna be living up to the original i think that it's it's juries out but as any film has the potential and you know to to live up to the original who knows yeah. it can blow our minds or it can just blow to the ground blow. And, and,
1: and blow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i'm hopeful um and honestly, it's their story. Uh, whoever is directing this film, and I'm just happy Keanu's back, and the original director or directors are back. So uh, I'm I'm open to it. I hope it's great. Um, next question. It's a bit of just a, f- a fan question here. Fact or fiction? John Wick would be able to kill at least one agent before getting killed himself. Fact or fiction?
2: Fact. Fact.
1: Yeah. You think so? Dude. Oh yeah.
2: If John an, if an Wick agent killed her do- his dog. Then yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah. <laughs> Done.
1: True. True. <laughs> The motivation factor there of getting yeah. your dog killed, absolutely.
0: <laughs> what a simple right. yet powerful little emotional aspect to like get people people's hearts moving. Like, just yeah, you killed my dog, so now I'm gonna kill all yeah. of you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's totally fine. And people don't think maybe he's over overstepping a little bit, but no, they're they're like, no, that, they killed his dog. That dog. You he, think he needs to kill the think them that all. whole the whole
2: movie got inspired by Jack Black's character in Anchorman? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's how I roll. (laughs) Maybe. Uh,
0: The
1: man on the bicycle. The man on the motorcycle.
0: Sorry, not bicycle. It would have been funny. All right, next question question.
1: here. Yeah. (laughs) Next question here. Kenneries is an underrated actor. Fact or fiction?
0: I would say that that is fact. Um, You just... I, I don't know. Even so, with what I've said, with everything... I can't help but to know that this guy, he has so much more, like, potential that's just being unraveling, you know? Like, there's just so much more I know that he has and he keeps impressing. Like, I don't know. Like, is Bill and Ted still in production?
2: It's (laughs) done. I think it's It's coming out. It's done. It's ready to It's ready to to release? Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I, I... Reeves is a, you know... I'm going back and forth with this, so I kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts. Do you think he's like more of a typecasted actor, or do you think that he has some diversity within himself as an actor, I guess? I don't know. Like,
1: well... For me, I'd say this is fact. And I think Keanu Reeves in the right role is amazing. Uh, and okay. playing Neo is the right role. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to be like Christian Bale and disappear or Russell Crowe. But that's not the kind of actor he is. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I think in the right role, I think he's he's amazing. So you think that
0: that, that the writers have to write him a role? He can't just choose, really, then?
1: Oh, not, not necessarily. Okay. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think anyone else can play John Wick, have that physicality and, and have that presence. Dude, and on his, that, that discipline. Like,
0: I mean, when they yeah. showed the behind the scenes of how he trained, I'm just like, props to yeah. you, man. Props to you, Keanu. You're cool, man. Yeah. And he's a nice guy <laughs> in real life, supposedly. Yeah. I don't know. I've only seen YouTube videos, and my friend Kai is way <laughs> too big of a fan. So, oh, man. Mm-hmm. I just remember that scene from Constantine that I used to kind of creep you out where he gets the cat and he says, I hate this part and he's just like has his feet in like a little tub of water and he's just like
2: concentrating on the cat and Oh, I was like, dude. I need to what? I need to watch it today. Ugh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that scene. Maybe I blocked it out. I'm not quite sure. All right, last factor fiction question, another fan question. Outside of the Matrix, John Wick could kill Neo. Factor fiction.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was a paper pusher pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he got in the face; <laughs> he's done.
0: But he got downloaded all those, all those skills. You know, I mean, no, maybe not. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we
1: never really saw him work, like, do anything outside of the matrix too much. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting question. Also, he's blind now, so <laughs> yeah. So
2: there's that the point. But he has powers. <laughs> he still has powers. I don't know. Maybe
0: that only applies to the robots. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh yeah. No, I would. I would like to say fact as well so yeah john wick is just badass
1: all right overall rating of the film we rate our movies out of five stars two and a half stars is considered a a barely passing uh positive rating five stars is movie perfection wanted to ask you guys what your rating is of this film
2: uh easy four out of five sweet perfect yeah hands down how about you uh
0: 4.5 out of five I think that this film just took sci-fi to another level and brought a provoking question to our society that we still probably will say today, are we living in the matrix? Mm. Got it. That's not a rhetorical I question it, I'm asking you guys, really. I'm just you're asking? I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I need to know. I need to know. Am I really what, breathing? Uh, Is this air? I'm, am I really breathing the air? <laughs>
1: I give this movie five stars. It's a perfect film, perfectly executed with a tried and true story, but with new elements that made it relevant, and it's still relevant today. So, yep, those are our uh, ratings of the film, The Matrix. Before we close, I want to ask both of you one more question: Blue pill or red pill on twenty twenty? Red pill is reality. Blue pill is you want to forget it that <laughs> like it ever existed. Dude, give so me like, want a couple of blue
2: pills. Just give me all of blue pills. I'll, I'll take them. <laughs> I don't care. I'll O D, whatever. Yeah. It's worth Give me the boot pills it. as well. Probably be, yeah. I, I want
1: out of this year yeah. as fast as possible.
2: It almost seems like we're in the matrix now. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So I yeah. want out.
1: Yeah, except if it was the matrix, it wouldn't suck this bad. It would actually be good. That's true. <laughs> we we would good be point. thinking good things. We'd be eating rare steak, steak with cipher. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I know my brain is telling me that this is delicious and savory. <laughs> but you know what? ignorance is bliss
1: yeah, i think that's the exact line will
0: i think you should treat yourself to a steak today i might i just might i just might it's a great idea so, could
2: this you could me a thumbnail could you cook me up podcast. a nice
0: texas texas steak maybe it's got a it, man i'll, mail I'll it to smoke me. one Smoky yeah. one and just mail it to me
1: <laughs>
2: yeah nice <laughs>
1: Alright guys, that was our show for today. I want to remind everyone to tune in soon and we'll be bringing you guys a review of the film Palm Springs and also we'll be talking through our top five time loop movies of all time. Sid, thanks again for joining us. Uh, please subscribe to his channel. Subscribe and, uh, to yeah.
2: Do it. And subscribe Thank to my so channel much. too. <laughs> yes,
1: please. <laughs>